Iowa everywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Lord, that took me forever to find the Making Mems heading. That is going to be an awkward start to the podcast. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're probably sitting over there wondering what is happening. I'm literally waiting. I'm like, is, is, it, on, is it me? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome into another episode of Making Mems. Let me tell you, we are entertaining but we might not be super buttoned up and professional, but we're going to be more fun than almost any podcast out there you listen to. Right. I am Adam Pedersen, joined by Jordan Bohannon. Hi. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? You've been on the mend. You're sick. You were sick. You're finally healthy. We took a week off because uh, we were. I had prayer vigils going for you that you'd feel better. Uh, rosaries were out. Um, I was worried about you, buddy. I know. I had people in your hometown text me. I thought I was dying for a second. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what was going on. But no, yeah, I'm glad to be healthy. I, dude, everyone I was talking to, they had some sort of sickness. You were just talking about before the episode, you were sick. That time of the year, everyone's yep. rolling in with, with into houses, family members. I was down and out. I usually can get through my sicknesses, dude. But whatever I had, I was down and out for a good day. For it's like four days. Not yep. good. Yeah, I mentioned uh, I mentioned to you uh, one of the days that. So as you like become friends more and more and like longer with people, you don't worry at all like the amount of texts you send someone or messages you send someone. But you and I, I'd say, are still relatively new in our friendship. And at one point, I said, uh, if you didn't start responding, you were going to make me feel like a jealous ex girlfriend with <laughs> the amount of messages I was sending with no response. <laughs> Hey, I told you before we started the show, I said, don't ever feel I'll be, feel excessive when you're texting me because yep. there's a good reason why I might not be responding. And I told you, don't ever worry about it. And here we are. Yep. We're, back in, we're back and at it. Yes, we are. And I kept trying to remind myself of that. Um, so if you see behind me, I just got some jerseys up on a wall. Behind Jordan is a beautiful California landscape. The man, he's making time for us. There's palm trees out there, some mountains. You're out there enjoying the nice weather in California, um, but you're making time for the people here that listen to Iowa everywhere. That's why we call it Iowa everywhere. I bring Iowa everywhere, right? Literally. <laughs> Literally. How no, it's, your... be it's beautiful out here. Um, I think that, honestly, that helped my sickness, getting nice little, little yes. weather. Don't have to worry about the snow and wind and cold. Can't even imagine. I probably would have been sick for another two weeks. Yeah, probably. Well, God had a plan. Sending you out there to the warm weather. 
Yeah. So how was your Christmas? How was your New Year's? All that stuff. Was it good? It was good. Got together with family. Um, obviously, we talked about that before our Christmas episode, how much, you know, these holidays are significant because you can be around your family members. And I always appreciate yep. these times. And this is the first time I know we've, we've touched on this briefly before, but this is the first time I've had like time to relax during these holidays because I've always been playing basketball for the last 25 years or mm-hmm. 20, 22 years, basically mm-hmm. around these times or been traveling to watch my brothers play. So it's kind of cool to step away now and see the world slow down during this time of the year for once. Mm-hmm. But what about you? How was your Christmas? Uh, well, Christmas was good, but it didn't start so great Christmas morning. So it was it was raining and sleeting here. Um, I hate I hate winter rain more than anything in the world. Uh, My friends got very annoyed with me around Christmas time. I was complaining about it to everyone who would listen. But I started off Christmas morning about 530 in the morning. I go outside. I'm going to start my truck to go to the farm and do chores. I take one step out my door. My steps are covered in ice. I slip and I fall all the way down my steps on to the sidewalk 14 steps <laughs> all the way down and in the process it all happened so fast that my shoes flew off so i get to the bottom of the steps i stand up yell out the loudest f word i've ever yelled in my life i've since asked for forgiveness for that from the big guy upstairs pretty sure i woke up the whole neighborhood i went out, i walked barefoot to my truck to start it and then i proceeded to stand outside and sleet and rain looking for my shoes for like three minutes i finally found them one was buried under the stairs and one was like 25 feet away in my yard (laughs) not good that's how i started christmas morning so was it a it wasn't a cheerful and joyful christmas morning no not at all uh drove to the farm my mom, so my sister and them are there with their family. They have dogs. My mom has had some knee surgeries and shoulder surgeries, and I walked inside, and I looked my mom sternly in the eyes. I said, I am forbidding you from taking any dogs out to go to the bathroom today. You'll slip and fall on the on the deck and probably re-break things, and so you got to send the young ones out today because it's a war zone out there right now. Everything's frozen. <laughs> So that was how I started Christmas. After I got over that, uh, my foot was bleeding everywhere. Had cuts all over my foot. Um, did chores out in just the terrible weather. Me and my dad out there living the dream. But you know what? That's what comes with farming sometimes. Mm, that builds character. That's why you're it such does. a strong and tough and independent farmer. Yep. You know it. Uh, you wouldn't know it by how much I complain about the weather. But uh, I do feel. I do feel like I'm tough and independent. You know what? Like people from the outside when they talk about Iowa and the weather and when we complain about it, you know, we have the right to complain about the weather at Iowa yes, during the winter. Amen. That doesn't mean we don't mind it. Like I, I don't mind it. I don't like it though. I don't want to be in it. However, only Iowa people should have the right to complain about the weather. Yeah. How, when you hear someone from a, like a West coast or East coast, wherever East coast is a little different because it gets cold up there too. Mm-hmm. But no one experiences Iowa weather other than Iowan people. So we're the only ones that deserve to complain about the shit that we're complaining about. Yeah. Iowa weather. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Did it stink? Uh, and I would agree with you completely there. So uh, other people saying to shut it, um, come experience it with us someday. I'm always willing to have to have guests out for chores. It's got to be like a, 
if that were ever to happen, it has to be like a week to two week progression for someone to experience the weather because being outside for one day in Iowa weather is totally different from the next day. Yeah. Because things change so much. Oh, yes. Oh, it's all over the place. Um, did you see the video of the Colorado Avalanche play by play guy that drank dip spit oh. <laughs> during the game? Did you see that? You didn't see it? No, I saw it. Oh, he saw it. And it reminded me of I'm sure you've had experience too where you've have you done that before? Uh yeah, I chewed for seventeen years before I quit. Uh oh yes, I vividly remember my first time. Yeah. I had I've never done that, but I have done a cigarette. Um, oh. Someone someone put their cigarettes in a high noon can. Oh, no. Yeah. And I, <laughs> dude, I, I'm not joking you. I was throwing up. And I, like, yeah, I was drinking a little bit. So, but I wasn't like at a point where I should be throwing up from drinking. And like, I just remember the next morning. Um, and I was throwing up because of obviously drinking that because my stomach was so upset from that feeling that I just drank that. Hey, drink liquid ashtray. Yeah. And the next morning, dude, I'm not joking you. My throat was like on fire, like <laughs> like straight fire for the whole day because I don't know if it's because I was thinking of that moment when I was drinking it but or the ashes were just stuck in my esophagus. <laughs> Worst feeling ever. I don't know what that's like dipping wise if you did that when you drank someone's dip, but do not recommend. Oh, dude, it is Oh, I'm mean, like getting gaggy thinking about it. It's horrible. Uh, yeah, I once mistook my uh, – I had same situation as that guy. I was spitting into a coffee cup, and I mistook my coffee for my spitter, and I drank oh. my dip spit, and you scream at the top of your lungs. Um, I gagged, threw up. Um, then I had to clean up throw up. Um, it's just a bad experience all around. I witnessed in high school one of my friends drink his dad's because his dad would always spit into a pop can, and my buddy thought he was going to take a drink of his Sprite, and he drank his dad's dip spit. Oh. I was crying, laughing so hard at his reaction. It's an all-time terrible thing. Uh, you can't even explain it to someone. They just have to experience but hopefully you just don't have to experience it. It's terrible. So bad. So bad. <laughs> Uh, I think if that happens, that's a sign from God saying, quit chewing. Yeah. I'm well, telling you now to quit chewing. Thankfully, I did. My case, I wasn't even, I was just hanging out. Just grabbed the wrong high noon can. Yeah. You just caught a stray, man. I'm dumb. <laughs> I, was, I was drinking peach. I'm not drinking pineapple. Oh, man. Well, we are brought to you live from the Channel Seed Studios. Channel Seed, a wonderful partner of Iowa Everywhere and sponsor of of this beautiful company that we podcast for. Um, they're wonderful people. You should check them out. Um, they got great deals on seed and uh, they're going to help you out. Seedsmanship at work. Um, great people over there at Channel Seed. Uh, we love their partnership with us. And we're also sponsored by Terraplex Ag. And I want to talk about my ag minute after this. Um, Terraplex Ag, they feature drone technology. So if you are someone who's deciding you want to add drones to your repertoire on your farm for aerial feeding of foliars late season or cover crop or getting good aerial pictures of your fields, whatever it may be, the guys at Terraplex would love to help you out. And I bet they'd even take you out for breakfast 
and buy you coffee and pancakes and meat with you if you wanted to. I shouldn't speak on their behalf, but I just have a feeling they would because that's what people in the ag industry love to do. Love to take you to meetings and buy you food and get your business that way. I've experienced it firsthand. Uh, so check out Terraplex Ag. They are wonderful people and sponsors of this show, and we appreciate them very much. My Ag Minute, um, it's nothing special. It's nothing terrible, but it's a play on this rain I was talking about that I hate in the winter, Jaybo. First of all, it makes everything muddy and then turns to ice the next day. And part of the process of it ruining things is my bales. My bales, they get soaked in the rain and then they freeze. And then they're really hard to take the net wrap off and feed them. It's hard for the tub grinder when he comes and grinds. Well, this rain cost me like an extra 300 bucks the other day because my bales went from 1,350 pounds to 1,750 pounds uh, because of that rain. They gained 400 pounds each. The tub grinder, he's weighing them while he's grinding my feed pile for me. And I got to pay by the ton. And so 400 pounds times like the 50 bales I I did was another, was that 2,000 pounds? So a whole other ton I had to pay for. I wasn't very happy about it. That's how much it, well, I guess, I mean, you get something wet, it's going to be a lot heavier. Yeah. All my bales are 400 pounds heavier now. And I'm That's driving insane. across the farm. A skid loader's like front end down on the ground, butt end in the air. I'm driving these bales across the farm because they're so heavy. I don't like winter rain. So what happens when, like, does it take a while for, does it, I mean, obviously it, it, it dries up, right? At some point. Yeah, they'll dry, they'll dry up and get better, like, as they go into spring and stuff the next year, but they're, they're, they're always, they're never going to get back to the way they were. Yeah. Just how it goes. So, and the ice is over too, when it gets the rain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taking the, taking the, because we feed some bales for bedding too, and we just set them in buildings and cut the net wrap off by hand. Um, it's no fun. It's frozen. The, it gets to the point on, mo- on a lot of them where you got to take the skid loader poker in and start using the skid loader poker to rip the outer layer of the she- uh, outer shell of the bale off. And then that might be four inches of frozen corn stalks that aren't getting fed for bedding and used because they're all frozen solid. And then you're just wasting money. And it's yeah. just a bummer. You can't do anything about it. You just have to wait. To- well, I mean, I could uh, spend hundred thousand dollars probably and put up a nice building but um no thank you I'll oh to store that. the just store the hay yeah of course i don't know where where we store we store them in random spots throughout the farm um i could probably figure out somewhere to put them if i put a building up but um i'll just deal with the elements and cry about it instead of put a building yeah. up you can yeah you can complain about it that's all you can do <laughs> <laughs> i could just no building and i'll have a sour attitude Exactly yeah. what everyone wants to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, should we get into some basketball talk, buddy? Let's do it. I have some thoughts here on personnel and potential like lineups um, before we do a Wisconsin preview and talk about some conference play. But I was watching um, some of the games around Christmas time and stuff. The last few games I was had, they rebounded with some nice wins. Obviously, it wasn't like super difficult competition, but Brock Harding, um, just watching him play, he's super feisty. He has really high energy, not afraid. Um, he's kind of got that swagger. And I just feel like him and Freeman have this similar, like, don't give a crap attitude. They might get flustered a little bit as they're young, or maybe it's just a lack of, uh, you know, playing at this level. But I don't see them really getting 
flustered too much. And I feel like in the future, they're going to be two guys that could really help lead to wins in March because of that. Um, but I had a thought while I was watching the games about a starting lineup that I feel could be an actual um, effective lineup down the road, leading to a little bit better play than we've seen maybe. And that would be Freeman, Peyton, Dix, Perkins, and Harding. I feel like that's a great lineup to start a lineup. I say just throw the freshman in there. Um let them get some experience. Let them learn as they play. I feel like that takes pressure off of Tony um, because I think most of us would agree he's maybe not having the season some of us thought he would. And then I think that opens things up for him because of Harding being out there and Dix and better shooters on the floor at the same time. And then that gives you Cricky, Bowen, Pat off the bench, maybe Jembele and Price marginally off the bench as well. Um, that was a mouthful. But what do you think about that? That is uh, not a bad take. However, it is a wild take to have Ricky come off the bench and he's this. Well, <laughs> I thought that might. I thought that might be like a what? <laughs> but I understand. I do understand your well, what you're trying to say because you you want to get those guys going that you thought everyone thought we're gonna have the you know twenty plus per game seasons mm-hmm. like Peyton and Tony were, were kind of. We thought those were going to be the guys. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, they're not by any means. They're not having a bad year at all. They're they're shoot, they're shooting the ball pretty well. Tony's run the point pretty well when he's in there, having to run the one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we need there, there needs to be a way. And you know, today will be a great test with Wisconsin. Um, they haven't really played anyone until up until now. Um, previously, before the Oklahoma and um, Creighton. Crane, yeah, Oklahoma and Crane. So this will be the first true test in a while. There has to be a way. You're right. There has to be a way we got to get those guys going. Um, and as crazy as a take that is, you know, I partially agree with you um, because there has to be that, – that that lineup also would be a better defensive lineup too. And what has mm-hmm. all the Iowa fans been crying for for mm-hmm. the last you know, 12 years is for defense. But there has to be a balance, right? And – there also has to be the case where, I mean, we talked about all the time here is Fran is notorious for having an offensive, you know, heavy scheme in, in his basketball uh, mindset. So, you know, there's, there's got to be a balance on both ends here. Um, and I, I, I honestly, I don't know what that's going to be yet. I mean, maybe that lineup is what he runs with towards the end of the, you know, games, mm-hmm. you know, forward. You know, you can't, you can, you can never tell until in, until Big Ten play really is what he's going to start playing. The you know go to guys is the last four minutes of the game because you know when you see the guys that are playing the last four minutes of the game early in the Big Ten play, that's normally going to be the guys that are going to get twenty plus minutes throughout the rest of the conference play. So I don't know. I mean that, that that's a great you know discussion to bring up because yeah. he's going to make tweaks in the lineups. He, it's it's going to have to happen throughout this the Big Ten play. So you're right. Yeah, and then another reason I thought, you know, that could potentially work is um, I, I think Iowa right now, and I'll I'll look for sure when we get to the Wisconsin Beaver, I think we're 254th in the country at seven threes per game. And maybe it's just because we got used to having you, CJ, Joe, Luca, Keegan. I mean, we had unbelievable three-point shooting teams for a long time, but 254th for Iowa just feels like 
absolutely can't happen. And so I thought, you know, that gets us more shooters on the floor maybe. And as it opens things up for Perk, maybe he hits a couple more shots, maybe one three-year game more. But um, also, Cricky, he's so good at, like, stepping out and hitting those twos and pretty consistent with that. I thought, well, if he comes off the bench, that gives us, even if it's not threes, gives us some consistent scoring off the bench um, if they have to switch the lineup, you know, lineup up and we need – a guy needs a breather. Well, we can count on Cricky to come in and get some points off the bench. Um, but I know that people would probably have their minds blown if he wasn't starting, but maybe it takes something extreme like that. That's why I thought maybe that would work. Yeah, I know. It's it's a great discussion to have because it's like, like I said, changes are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to play different guys at the end of the game just because of the unknown of who's going to play well this year. I mean, in the past, Fran's always had his key guys, you know, five to six guys that he knows he's going to have in the game the last four minutes of the of the, of the games when they're close. Mm-hmm. This year, I mean, anyone could be in there. From any of the top nine guys, he could have any of those guys in there. And, you know, it could be four of the non-starters playing the last four minutes of the game. just depends on how the game's moving and how those players are moving throughout the game and how, how they're playing well or not. So... Gotcha. Uh, it's gonna a lot. A lot's gonna depend on how everything's gonna shape up in, in Big Ten play. So you're right. Let me ask you this. Um, while you were talking, this made me th- what you something you said made me think of this. Is it more important to have a set in stone like good starting five that you know can spread the floor and get things rolling, or is it way better for a coach to know like his five? he's going to go with down the stretch of a game and it might not be the starting five, but a lineup he knows is going to be good trying to close the game out. Which one of those is more important? <sighs> That's a tough question. I don't know. My, my mindset has always been there's, there's going to be your five guys that, you know, should be playing the last four minutes of the game and they might not be the starters. Like in the past when I played at Iowa, there was guys that started the game, but you knew the five that were going to play at the end of the game just because sure. of the leadership, their experience, their expertise in late game moments. They're going to be way more valuable in those, not more valuable, more, but you know what I'm saying. They, Those are the guys you want to have in at the later in the games. Um, so I don't know. That, that question I don't I really have an answer to because every team is so different, as, as cliche and vague as I'm trying to be right now. Every team mm-hmm. is so different. Um, based off this team, I mean, it's so hard to tell who those guys are going to be. And I don't know. I'm trying to relate it back to Iowa because, you know, th- this team is just so different from years on end we've had at Iowa just because, yeah. I mean, even when I was coming in my freshman year, we had six guys, like, um, coming in our class. And, you know, a lot of us played a lot. You know, I started, Cordell started. You know, Ryan got some big minutes. You know, TC started. You know, we had a lot of guys that were playing big minutes, and a lot of us were playing those late-game minutes as well, too. So, mm-hmm. um, And that's something we didn't expect. You know, obviously, we expected to. We were fighting for a position to play, but we didn't expect to play the last four minutes of the game, every single game moving forward into Big Ten play. So I think a lot of us are just going to start depending on these first two games, you know, first one or two, three games in the Big Ten play, which they already have a couple games under their belt. But – um, this is the heart of Big Ten play now. So we're really going to see the lineup start shaping into form more consistently with Fran here, I think, these next few weeks coming on end. Right on. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited 
for Big Ten play coming up. It's exciting to see what happens. Uh, who knows? Coming off the break, maybe the Hawks, uh, that break is what they needed, and they'll come out and play with some fire. And um, who knows? We'll see what Big Ten play brings. Um, and that leads us to Wisconsin. You, my friend, are no stranger to the Cole Center. You've had some beautiful moments there that uh, I remember watching over the year. Um, Wisconsin has, they played a pretty tough schedule. They lost early to Tennessee, second game of the year, um, into Providence and Zona. None of those games were particularly close. Arizona's all over the map right now. Um, Providence is not that great of a team. Um, but then they had a huge home win against Marquette, a big rivalry game. They won at Michigan State, um, a team that I think will be uh, firmly like in the hunt at the end of the season to, to make a run. But um, – it's tough. It's a rivalry game. It's at Wisconsin, which is an awesome environment. Their fans always pack the place. They love their basketball. Um, what are you looking for out of the out of the Hawks as they play? By the way, a very veteran Wisconsin team. Wisconsin 10th nationally in uh, minutes continuity, I read, which is returning minutes from last year. They returned 72% of their minutes from last season, I think. So veteran-laden um, team that's used to playing together. Yeah, Wisconsin is always notorious for having a very, very strong home environment and winning and taking advantage of those home environments. And Wisconsin is a funny team, you know, obviously the history with, you know, myself and I, I know this program really well inside and out more than most people that haven't played in actually Wisconsin Jersey. But, mm-hmm. you know, you think the history of, you know, Ryan, Bo Ryan coming in and completely changing the Wisconsin program, Coach Guard taking over his reins and basically instilling everything that Coach Ryan just did and, you know, progressing it to even further strides with Coach Guard now, respectfully, and, and how much he's been able to, um, you know, take control of that program after, you know, a legend coach like Coach Ryan leaving. Um, that's then that's a really hard, hard thing to do. Um, and in every right, he's made this Wisconsin program almost identical to what Coach Ryan started with and that's playing a really slow and methodical and um lazy way i guess you could say um but they're gonna work their ass off on defense they're gonna you know do all the little things to try to you know make up on you know on athletics on you know not being athletic or you know using their smarts and intelligence to you know do every little play to get that advantage for their side so you know this is a game where it's always feels a certain way when you play Wisconsin, it's, you're going to be the last 10 minutes or you're going to be tired. And, you know, it's, it's weird because you play a, a slow way against Wisconsin, but they just wear <laughs> your ass out. And they, they don't, they shoot the ball, you know, late, late in the shot clock. They make you work on defense. If they get a second chance on offense, they're going to run it, run that thing down all the way to the last seconds again. So, but they also they're starting to play faster too now, mm-hmm. so they they're they're playing a little different from years in, on past. But they have the ability to play fast now with Coach Guard at, at the head. But you know they just run so much shit at you in a short amount of time on offense where you cannot slip up one second on defense, and that's where it, that's what kind of scares me this year because they mm-hmm. have been you know notorious to be giving up a lot of points you know you look at northern Illinois, northern illinois game a couple of days ago you know i think the score was like what 54 to 48 at halftime <laughs> yeah. and that's just a game you know against northern illinois we can't be giving up 50 50 points in a halftime to uh, nope. a little major team that's not acceptable nope. 
Um, and for you know, they they won the game, obviously, but that's that's the kind of stuff that scares me going into this Big Ten play. And we saw a little bit with Purdue, and you know, they've already started their Big Ten season out. So um, Wisconsin's going to play a certain way, and if we're not ready to play, especially at home. As you know, you know, watching Iowa for a long period of time, if you're not ready to play Wisconsin at home, they're going to run run you out of the gym. Mm-hmm. And it might not be a run, but it's going to be a slow trot that they're going <laughs> to get you out of the gym. Yeah, and uh, I do, I do have some concerns. If I if I'm being completely honest, I don't feel great about this game tonight uh, because Wisconsin they are top fifty in the nation in both. Uh, let me see here and uh crashing the glass and rebounds offensive rebounds and limiting turnovers are top 50 uh in the in the country in both and iowa one of iowa's strengths is we're ranked high nationally in turning teams over and getting steals so if wisconsin is crashing the glass and we're not protecting that and giving up o boards which we know iowa has a bad tendency to do and if we're not turning them over um it could get ugly but Wisconsin also is not shoot. I think as a team, they're shooting like 30% from three. They don't have anyone shooting over 32%, which is a little uncommon for them. But, you know, they're veteran guys. They're guys who all shot well last year, so they can get it going and turn it around. I hope it's not against Iowa and they have like a 11 for 16 performance or something like that. But I, I don't have a ton of confidence in tonight because of their rebounding prowess and how they limit turnovers. Um, but Chucky Hepburn is game time decision. So um, there's a guard, right? A veteran guard right there that potentially might not play. And so um, anything is possible. But Iowa, we are going to have to box out and rebound. We got to be better at that, uh, or it could get ugly. Yeah. And to go along to that point, this reminded me of what to probably expect from Iowa. I don't expect Iowa to play probably a lot of zone tonight okay. um, based off the history of Wisconsin, you know, they've, they've had obviously some great three point shooters, but um, the more we can, you know, especially go before that point, you know, when we're, we always go into our press after free throws, that's a common known thing. I would expect us, you know, possibly every single make, we might go into our 12 press where we're pressing Wisconsin up, you know, 92 feet from their basket. Um, and that allow us to, you know, buy a little time for us not to guard their offense for so long. So instead of guarding it for 28 seconds, you know, it might only be 17 seconds or 16, 15 seconds where they're able to get in their offense in the half court line. And at that point, I would imagine coach would switch up the offenses, whether we come back after mm-hmm. the press in the half court and, and man or zone or three, two. I think there's going to be a lot of switching up on defense tonight just because of that, because you don't want to guard their shit for you know, 28 seconds. That's that's just suicide right there waiting to happen because of you know how much they lo- they want you to guard on 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 defense, and that's that's not what of Iowa's strength. So I would imagine coach will probably play his hand where you know he's wanting to switch up you know defenses a lot today because you know they they don't want they don't want Wisconsin guessing or you know having that extra you know step in, in front of Iowa on what they're going to run every single time down the floor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, uh, six o'clock tonight. It will be fun to tune in. Uh, man, conference play is so much fun. And speaking of conference play, as we as we get ready to move into it, um, where it's officially every night is conference games. I do think, no question, Purdue clear top dog. Um, I don't think you'd find a single person out there who would argue that. Uh, to me, 
Michigan State is probably number two. I think they're really going to get rolling um, and put some things together. Illinois was playing great, um, but obviously the news about Terrence Shannon Jr., I'm assuming you heard all that. Yep. And so, yeah, um, you know, that's a messy situation. Illinois, I'm not sure. I, I mean, they have talent, and um, Underwood is a pretty good coach, so they could maybe still rally and play good. But they were, I mean, they were almost on the – verge of the top 10 um but definitely i mean that's a potential all-american they lose there so uh we'll see and then you know wisconsin michigan state illinois kind of those next ones after purdue and and then it's just a free-for-all in my opinion i guess northwestern um maybe could be that fifth team but it's the big 10 could be a a glorious ugly mess to watch this year Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those years where there's going to be a lot of teams that are 10, 8, 8, 10, you know, 6, uh, 6, 14. There's going to be a yeah. madness of teams in that little mid pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to take a lot, as crazy as it sounds, it's going to take a lot to win more than seven games in the Big Ten this year. It's going to take mm-hmm. a lot of, because it's a gauntlet from, from today back into Big Ten play all the way until. Um, the beginning of conference tournament. This is this is go time right now. This is a time where there's going to be guys that are hurt every single day coming in the games. There's going to be guys, you know, we always say there's going to be guys on their team complaining about how long and grueling of a season this is. So you got to take advantage of this because a lot of guys are complaining. A lot of guys are, you know, down in the dumps now, or if you would say that they're just, it's a long season and there's going to be a lot of injuries that happen. There's going to be a lot of sicknesses that happen. There's going to be a lot of variables that occur in this time period. And, you know, I always, always tell the guys and, you know, Connor and I were great on this, that we got to take advantage of this time period because a lot of guys are hurt. A lot of guys are complaining. A lot of guys are, you know, going through some shit right now on other teams where we got to make a move right now. You know, I was looking, you know, not, not good at the bottom of the big 10 right now. So this is the time where we got to step into gear and we got to figure this shit out because it could get ugly if we don't. Yep. Yep. Agree completely. Well-spoken, my friend. Um, well, speaking of conference play, uh, the Big 12 is going to be starting up. A uh, little Iowa State chatter here. Iowa State, early in the season, um, in a tournament in Florida, they did play Virginia Tech and Texas A&M. They had leads in both and ended up losing both. Um, kind of uncharacteristic out of a TJ team because of their defense. Um, and they played Iowa. We obviously know how that went. But that's their only uh, three three games versus power five teams. So a little, un, um, I don't know, I want to say untested or unproven, but going into big 12 play, they start at Oklahoma on Saturday. Then they got Houston at home. Um, man, the big 12 is going to be a gauntlet. It's going to be fun to see how Iowa state um, stacks up in that conference. That's going to be crazy. Big 12 is going to be super fun to watch every night. I just, the occasional like big East game and then all the big 10 and big 12 games, I just can't wait. There's going to be the biggest butt imprint on my couch at the end of the season. I am so excited to watch all the basketball games. But uh, Iowa State, yeah, they're coming out uh, at Oklahoma, who I'm a little iffy on after seeing how they played against some non-Iowa P5 teams, But uh, and then Houston. So the Clones, we'll see. We'll see how TJ's got them rolling. Their offense has been uh, kind of crazy compared to years past. But uh, what are you looking for out of the Clones as they enter conference play? Well, they're just a team that I see that have a chance to make a deep run in not yep. only their conference, but also postseason NCAA tournament 
just by the leadership they have. You look at Lipsy, what he's been able to do the last, you know, 12, 14 games. It's unbelievable. You know, he's putting up numbers that not a lot of people have put up in the last 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And that says something because that's your, that's your, that's your point guard that is leading the pack. That is, you know, how your point guard goes is how your team goes. Um, And I think if they have a guy like that, that's, you know, leading them on the court and he's as good as a leader as he is on the court as off the court as well, too. There's going to be some great things in store for Iowa State. The only downside for Iowa State this year is the obvious. They're in a league that is completely stacked this year. Yep. So if they have any down, you know, during any adversity that might hit them, they've got to figure that shit out really quick within mm-hmm. a matter of, uh, you know, a couple hours, basically, because they have another game on the horizon, you know, in 24 or 48 hours after that. And, you know, beating that you know, those conferences before you just let things dwell on you for a week, you know, you go Oh, and three real quickly before you know what hell, what the hell happened. So, um, and I, I think based off how Lipsy's been able to play and they got a lot of guys that are coming in off the bench, um, and a lot of their starters this year that are just, they know their role. And that's so, that's so impactful as a team that you just have guys that just know their role and know where they should be, what they should do. And now you can put, all that acknowledgement on Lipsy as well too, but a lot of that has to go to TJ because of what he's been able to do for this program the last couple of years. And I mean, it's great to see because I love, I love seeing coaches come in and just completely change a program from what they inherited to uh, or inherited from. And now you look at, I was saying, you know, there are powerhouses here, I think that are able to, you know, do some great things. So I'm looking forward to watching them, how they compete in a big 12 because, you know, they have Houston now, you know, you look at down, just down the line of the teams that, you know, Oklahoma, um, Texas Tech's good this year. You just go down the entire line of the big 12. It's just unbelievable mm-hmm. the teams they have this year. So, you know, Iowa State could be a team where they, they rack up 12 plus wins or they could be a team that, you know, is sub sub seven wins the Big Twelve just because, and that's not a knack on them this year. That's just how the Big Twelve is shaped up this year. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. Iowa State is their tenth in the country in assists right now. They are second in the country in steals per game. Um, their downfall, they are they're pretty poor free throw shooting team. So I think we'll see a lot of Iowa State wins. Maybe be. Um, Oh, and they're big on the offensive rebounding too. One of the better offensive rebounding teams. So I think we'll see them. A lot of their wins will be, you know, eight, nine, maybe ten points where they're pulling ahead because they got a big O board or they got a steal and turnovers. And um, there could be a lot of games that um, it comes down to free throws for them, and then that'll be their question mark, I think, because they're two hundred and thirtieth in the country right now in free throw percentage. So. Obviously, um, you being one of the great free throw shooters of all time, know how important it is to be able to make those down the stretch and how huge those can be for either keeping leads if you're getting fouled late or extending leads and putting games away. So um, we'll see. We'll see what the Iowa State faithful have to say as as close games happen down the stretch with that. And that's something I'm going to call it all parents. Obviously, I'm not a parent, but... <laughs> Someday, buddy. Someday. When when you have a kid that is getting into basketball, please just have them shoot free throws. Yep. Because they're called free throws for a fucking reason, right? <laughs> Pardon my French. No one is guarding you. Just have your kid go to the foul line and shoot 100 free throws a day. Because you're a basketball player. I see in the NBA and professional basketball, too. How the hell can you not shoot a free throw? 
Yep. No offense. I, I, I'm, I obviously they're God given athletes and there's a lot of athletic guys in, on Iowa state this year and throughout the country and college basketball too. They probably can't shoot free throws, but dude, what are we doing? How do we shoot? How do people shoot 50% from the foul line? It just blows. <laughs> it blows my mind. It actually pisses me off because it is literally free points. There's no reason why you shouldn't be a 75 plus percent yeah. free throw shooter. There's just no reason. I would agree. Uh, one, I remember the, maybe the most head-scratching player of all time to me was the great uh, Jay Williams from those early 2000s Duke teams. And he was a sniper his last two years at Duke from three, shot in the 40% from three-point, and then he was like a 62% free-throw shooter. It made no sense to me whatsoever. That's the biggest question mark ever in my lifetime that I am striving to figure out. I'll spend my whole life long I'll, I'll be i'll be a servant to the game of basketball just because <laughs> of that question mark right there how the hell you can be a good three-point shooter but you can't shoot a free throw doesn't make any sense but it happens everywhere you, yeah you look it's very at, common if you if you go search probably the top 30 uh probably the top 50 three-point shooters in the ncaa right now i guarantee you there's probably i've even i've never even checked these stats this year but i bet there's there's probably a good 10 or so that are shooting probably below 70% from the foul line. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's just crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yes, it, it literally makes no sense. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know if it's nerves because they know everyone's staring at them, but I feel like when you get to that level, you got to find a way to block out the nerves. If you're gonna, if you're letting nerves stump, get, get in your stomach and head, then you're in the wrong profession for basketball. Yep. yep. <laughs> Please kindly see your way to the end of the bench. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, some national landscape talk here I want to get to as we get into the meat of the season. All <clears throat> the games around Christmas and like New Year's and stuff. College basketball is drunk right now. It is crazy. You have UConn, who I thought was the n- the number one team. They were destroying everyone. And then they go and get smoked by a Seton Hall team that Iowa beat by double digits. And then they bounced back against St. John's, but it was an ugly win. And then you got Villanova winning at Creighton. Creighton was a preseason Final Four team to me. But, man, they live and die by the three now. I'm not so sure about them. Kalkbrenner for them, unbelievable on defense. Does a great job uh, providing defense. But, boy, he is limited offensively. And then Duke almost falls out of the top 25. And then they bounce back with a big win over Baylor. And they look like they're starting to put it together. Um, Oklahoma gets into the top 10. They lose to UNC handily. Um, I mean, it wasn't handily, but UNC had the game in control the whole time. Um, honestly, I could see Oklahoma becoming unranked as they go through the Big 12. Uh, they might not be as good as we thought um, talent-wise compared to some of those other Big 12 teams. They just have less talent. And uh, then Arizona, FAU might be the game of the year. Don't know if you watched that game. It was amazing. Um, huge win for FAU. Uh, and then FAU goes and loses to Florida Gulf Coast. And then Arizona goes and gets smoked two in a row by Stanford. College basketball's drunk. It's out of control. This season is going to be nuts. I don't know. Well, and on top of what is it, a week and a half ago, we go and see Northwestern, or was it two and a half weeks ago? Northwestern oh. loses to at home to Chicago State. <laughs> yeah, and they beat Purdue. Um, and they beat Purdue <laughs> like a week before that. <laughs> blows my mind but honestly this is the time of the year it's so much fun to watch college basketball right yes. before week 10 season because all the teams that we talked about two or three weeks ago adam they're all doing shit that we didn't think was gonna happen 
True. I mean, Seton Hall, I didn't I, – I mean, I still don't think Seton Hall is a really good basketball team at all, and they'll be bottom of the half of the Big East. But, yep. I mean, they're beating teams I, I did not think – we saw them play against Iowa. I mean, they looked like a YMCA. They just got yes. some guys together at the YMCA, and they threw the ball <laughs> out there and said, let's go get some buckets. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what the hell is <laughs> going on. Oh, man. There is – there's – I mean, I guess I'd say Purdue. I was going to say there's no clear-cut team out there. Um, I would say Purdue maybe is the favorite right now. And why I think they – I'm going to say Purdue. I think they will win it all. I think they're going to get the monkey off their back. They feel like uh, 2019 Virginia to me. Huh. Lose to the Sweet 16 – or the 16 seed, bring everyone back for the most part. But they play old school. They don't rush. They run plays. They play together. Um, I'm watching these games and you see so many like fast breaks where guys don't have the numbers and they force an uncontrolled shot in the lane instead of slow down, run the offense, get the points. And they just look like they've played together since fourth grade. And so that's why I think Purdue is probably the the, the odds on favorite. I think they're going to win it all. Um, obviously, if Zach Eady gets in foul trouble, that's a problem. But we'll see what happens with them. Purdue, yeah, I, I I see a lot of comparisons. You're right to that Virginia team um, that came back and won the national title after losing to a 16 seed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of was, I don't know, I I kind of was feeling that this was a year Big Ten was going to break the Big Ten curse, I guess you could say, to mm-hmm. win a national championship just based off what Purdue was having coming back. I mean, they by far, yeah, they're going to deal with some struggles here or there, just like any team does. But um, if they're able to just to play a halfway decent ball game, I don't see a team that, you know, over five out of ten times you play a team that they would beat them more than half the time. And, you know, that might be different from past seasons where you have a team that just utterly dominates everyone. Um, but I don't see a team other than Purdue that is more skilled offensively and defensively. But, again, I mean, I, I don't know what what's going to happen. If they hit Big Ten play, they might lose three in a row at this point True. just because of how crazy college basketball season is. So this is the best time of the year because you just you start figuring out, guys, that the, the individuals that are going to start taking off to a different level, this is the time of the year, the beginning of this conference play, where they start you know, averaging way more than what they were doing beforehand, and yep. they start breaking out. I mean, kind of what we saw Keegan do his last year. He just broke out once – you know, a few games went by. He just became the guy my last mm-hmm. year. And that's what some guys do. And that's why it's so fun to watch at this time of year. Oh, yeah, man. It is going to be awesome. All right. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl happened yesterday on New Year's Day. Very unenjoyable to watch. I watched the whole thing from start to finish. Uh, the only points of joy I had during the game was when I was eating delicious food that me and my friend and his wife made as we watched at his house. Oh, boy. Um, I did not see that coming only because our defense is so good and because Tennessee had so many starters opting out, but their backup quarterback, a five-star, was ranked number two quarterback in the country coming out of uh, high school, torched us up and showed why having a mobile quarterback um, – isn't such a bad thing, but I don't know. Like my takeaways from the game, this O-line group, they, a lot of them started together like two seasons ago. 
they're still it's still a lot of the same guys. They have so many starts under their belt. At some point, I think you just have to say, no matter how much experience and time in the weight room and repetitions they have, they just might not be the guys. And we just have to accept that. If we had Caden Proctor, who had an amazing season for Alabama as a true freshman left tackle, if we had just like someone like him on the team, if he wouldn't have decommitted and we could have moved some other guys to different positions, you know, it's probably better. If we had Nick Brooks coming in next year, but four-star tackle out of Cedar Rapids, he decommits. That's hard to see, losing the top O lineman in state, and you can't lock him down. But I think my take on this this O line is just they just it's just going to be maybe one of the worst ones we've had, and it's not going to get a lot better. And there's just nothing you can do about that. But we do return a ton of guys on offense next year, so whoever the new OC is. Um, assuming we don't lose a lot of guys to the portal. I mean, they're going to have good receivers to work with and good running backs. We'll probably lose one of our running backs to the portal, I assume, but we have a good stable of running backs. Cade's coming back. Luke Lachey said he's coming back. Um, Obviously, we're always going to have good tight ends. So, you know, maybe run an offense next year that isn't so conducive to the O-line being elite, but those are some of my takeaways as Iowa wraps up the football season. A nine-win season, we go or no, ten, ten and four. So I think, uh, yeah, ten, yeah, ten and four. So ten-win season, you know, hard to scoff at, I guess. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they won ten games with guys that they needed to play this year. I mean, yeah. look at who got hurt, who, you know, probably wasn't hundred percent throughout the year. I mean, that's a pretty damn good season. Um, obviously, we would love to win a bowl game but at the end of the day how much does this bowl game really matter mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things yeah it would be nice to say we beat you know um a team that that was pretty good this year and, and on a high note but i mean at this point if you're not a top four team making the college playoffs does it does it really matter <laughs> like let's no. be honest here yeah. um they're not playing for literally anything ba- basically only just uh coaching bonuses i guess they're playing for which doesn't mm-hmm. even go back to the players which is another topic but um yeah i mean i i was happy with the season i had a lot of fun i enjoyed as we talked about beforehand on previous episodes this was one of the you know most fun i've, I've had watching of iowa football season just because of you know they're under underdogs their whole every single game going into it you you would think based off you know who they were losing to injuries and who weren't playing and um it was, it was really i had a i had a blast and they're one play away from you know you know, you can argue if they would have – obviously things don't change much because they still made the Big Ten title game. But mm-hmm. they're one play away from, you know, having a, a huge different, you know, play at hand if they would have beat Michigan in the Big Ten title game too as well too. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're right there based off all the insanity, based off all the craziness. you got to give them a lot of credit. And I know a lot of the a lot of the talk has been around Brian Ferentz, which is unfortunate because I just thought that was just terrible timing on how they, they handled everything and how it all reflected on the players. And I felt like there was just a huge divide based off the fan base because of the timing of it. It should have been before the season or should have been after the season. And I think that played, hopefully they didn't play big enough hand against the players trying to compete and have all the distractions, you know, floating around their head. But I mean, of all the craziness, Adam, that is a hell of a season in my, in my book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, if the offense, like Phil Parker, we're going to have him returning a lot on defense. Jay Higgins is coming back. 
Um, just say Castro decides to come back and Schulte losing Coop would be huge. Um, but even if he doesn't come back and Castro and Schulte do, and we got Xavier, the defense is going to be stout again and great. And if we can just tweak the offense a little to modernize things a little bit, um, if Cade stays healthy or if not, Linez goes in there because Linez in the Citrus Bowl showed what a QB can do. If they can extend plays, he gets a first down on fourth and 15 where he runs for 17 yards. I think it's six carries for almost 60 yards. He's fast. Some of those plays where it's not there with a pass, but he can extend to a first down and get us a fresh set of downs could take us from 130th offensively to 85th. And that's all Iowa needs, really. Just give us like 80, 85th offense. And uh, so just a few tweaks here. I don't think we need a ton of tweaks. I know a lot of people are saying burn it all down and start over. I don't really think we need a ton of tweaks. Just two or three here and there that are like not insanely major, but have a major effect um, offensively and uh, and things will be good. So I'm excited for next season. Hopefully we stay healthy. This was so many injuries. I don't think any team had more like significant injuries in Iowa. All Americans everywhere getting hurt. And so um, I'm excited for next season. I'm always excited for Hawkeye football. Yeah. And as as crazy and hot of a take this might be, and this people might say, why the hell does this matter? I've heard some some people on social media touch on this, but I think based off the injuries that have occurred in the season this year, that there's going to be not a huge drastic change in the weightlifting program. But I think in the offseason, we're going to see a different dynamic, and we won't see it personally up close, but mm-hmm. I think the players might see it, that you know things might change in the weight room for them um, to be – not better prepared for the season upcoming, but they might be, you know, either going harder or laying back on it, or I don't know what this, what the strength coach is deciding on. Um, but anytime you have guys, that amount of guys that get go down and get hurt, and it might not be because of strength and conditioning, but I know the strength and conditioning coach is going to take that to heart, and they're going to be a, probably prepare a little different going forward um, in the upcoming year. So I'm excited to see from that aspect. Um, that might be a, a great thing. Obviously, it's a it's a shitty thing that injuries happen, but that might be a great thing in the long term for a lot of these athletes that they're going to be a lot, you know, better prepared coming into these ne- next year and 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 so on too because of mm-hmm. what's happened. Right on, right on. Well, um, as we wrap up here, we have to mention our friends at the Iowa Event Center, uh, great partners of Iowa everywhere, and providing an insane amount of entertainment nearly every weekend. Um, coming up, you've got. Uh, disturbed if you want to go just rock out and melt your face off to some disturbed at a concert fallout boy is coming that takes me back to college monster jam is coming if you want to go get a little redneck and watch some big old monster trucks i like watching those occasionally um kane brown zach bryan cody johnson parker mccollum for country singers if you want to laugh cat williams is coming and tom segura and december 15th Sebastian Maniscalco. I will be there. Most of you listening would not recognize me in public, but if you see me there, come say hi. I'd love to hug you and say thanks for listening to Making Mems. What talent. That is unbelievable coming in. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Iowa Event Center, um, I mean, I'll put them up there with anyone. Any venue out there bringing in, bringing in talent and entertainment, Iowa Event Center, second to none. 
I might I might have to get some tickets for some of those country. I love Cody Johnson, love Zach Bryan. Kane Brown is unbelievable. Yep. Parker McCollum. We, we might have to hit up the same concert and then just uh, pod in person. Yeah. Live during the <laughs> can't I'll, bring, hear I'll bring I'll bring all my equipment and we'll just sit right there and pod front row. <laughs> I can't hear anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, check us out. Um social media. Just search for Iowa everywhere on basically every single social media app. You got Facebook, Instagram, X, TikTok. Um, YouTube is where you can watch live shows. If you don't watch them live when we post them on Twitter, uh, you can watch them on YouTube. Download the podcast on Apple and Spotify and uh, pretty much everywhere you get your podcast. That's where you uh, will find Iowa everywhere. And I think you should listen because it's entertaining. And by golly. You want to be entertained, and we love you, and we appreciate you listening. Uh, you going to play some golf your last couple of days out here in California? Uh, leave early, early, early tomorrow morning. I've got my three rounds in for the trip. So, How was it? Beautiful. Um, Were you hitting them good, hitting them solid? I played all right. Played I mean, all right. all right to you is probably 100 times better than me <laughs> at my <laughs> best. I haven't, I haven't swung a golf club in – what's it been? early October. So right. I'm working through some kinks, but I mean, you know, you, you play enough that you just pick it up and just like riding a bike. So it took me a little bit to you bet. Yeah. The course is out there really closer. nice. What's that? Are the course is out there really nice. Beautiful. I think this, this is called like the golfing capital of the world basically. So it's just unbelievable weather, no wind, 70, 71 degrees, sunny every day in the winter. Can't beat it. <laughs> man well i it's yeah it's safe to say if you were in iowa you would not be able to sit outside and podcast because all you'd hear is (laughs) the whole time just wind straight into the it's basically like dark and gray every single day yeah pretty much uh sun i'm looking outside right now sun is shining but also everything's just brown and cold so yeah it doesn't look appealing need that vitamin d baby yep all right uh well we will be recapping next time we record. We're going to recap the Wisconsin game. Also, Iowa plays Rutgers Saturday. So hopefully uh, the Hawks can go get a dub. Uh, two dubs would be nice. Um, home game against Rutgers on Saturday. So let's try to get a, let's try to get a good crowd there, Carver. Um, and uh, next time Jordan and I will be on the mics, we'll be recapping those. Plus, look into the future for the next games ahead. So you got anything else you want to end with here, pal? No, this plan might take me out though. I hear that. Um, if I, sometimes I feel like I talk too much on these, and I need to let you talk more. No, I, I think it's perfect. All right, we haven't had we had a, we haven't had anyone say shut up to you yet. So, all okay. right, I'm waiting for the day when I get caught in the middle of a firestorm on Twitter. I'm looking forward to it. I don't recommend. <laughs> I, I do not recommend. <laughs> Stay away at all costs. <laughs> All right. Well, safe travels to you, pal. Um, we'll talk to you to next time on there. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, just get out there and make some memes, homies. Yes, sir. Iowa everywhere.